Hey, welcome to another Get Geekish podcast. I'm Bino. That's Derek over there. And we're here to talk about some geeky stuff once again. Thanks so much for joining us. Say hi to the people, Derek. Hi, people. Uh, we decided we're going to talk a little more music this week because both of us are music geeks and music junkies at heart. And uh, I wanted to relive one of the things of, I, I, I want to call it yesteryear now because <laughs> the new music technology doesn't really allow for this near as much. But the, the art of the hidden track. Yeah, picture picture this. We'll go. I mean, obviously, there's the hidden track's been around for for a little bit, but uh, what we'll say, late '90s, early 2000s. You go to Sam Goody. I don't think that's around anymore, so we'll use Sam Goody or what? Destroy uh, Hastings. Yeah. You pick up a brand new album. You look at the price. You're like twenty bucks because they're expensive. You're like, eh, might as well. You pay for it, you peel the plastic off, you take that little sticker on the top and just zzz, that was always the satisfying part. And then you crack open that case, right? And you get the whiff of the brand new CD with the jacket inside. You pull it out, you look at it, even you're never going to look at it again. You pop the CD in, you listen to it, and it, when you get to the last track, you're like, okay, cool. And then all of a sudden something happens. The CD doesn't start over. It's just going in that last track. You're like, what the heck? The song ended like five minutes ago. What is the silence? And then all of a sudden, bam, out of nowhere, a new song starts. It was magical. It was extremely magical. And it, it threw me off, I think. Was it an Offspring album the first time I had a hidden track happen to me? I think so. It was one of those ones where I was like, why is this going on for so long? And then, you know. You fast forward. No, because I it happened on a cassette too. But you fast forward, and all of a sudden, a new song just appears out of nowhere. And you're like, "What is going on?" And like you said, we can't really have that anymore these days with digital. Because and even on CDs, they started actually just putting a extra track on there that said "bonus track" or "hidden track," and that was the title. You know, they didn't yeah, incorporate they, they, it with the last a, song anymore. Yeah, they did a lot of things because uh, the '90s, like you said, was when these the hidden tracks became. The Rage, because uh, the Beatles actually had a hidden track all the way back in 1969, and that was kind of the the birth of it, according to a lot of places on the internet. Uh, B-side to Abbey Road, the engineer put one of their songs on the end of the track because they said, take it off, and he said, no, I want to put it on here. They put it out there, they heard it, and then decided to re-release it with that as part of the album, so there's pressings of that that don't have a song on there. Um, it was called Her Majesty. Same thing happened a few times later in the 70s with a couple bands, but in the 90s, CDs made it possible because cassettes, it was really obvious. Cassettes mm -hmm. had the fixed length of tape, so you knew exactly if the song ended, you're like, there's still a whole lot of tape left on here. Like, what's 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 happening with this? And well, plus, <laughs> you know, we talked about the VHS. Do so you fast forward enough times, you're going to eat through that tape. Mm -hmm. so. <laughs> and CDs gave you the options because some hidden tracks would get to the last track and the last track would have would be, you know, 20, 30, 40 minutes long of just have silence and then there'd be a track mixed somewhere hidden there. Sometimes at the very, very end, sometimes they'd have 40 minutes of sound and have the song hidden at like 20 minutes in the middle of it, which made it a real pain in the butt because technology was not good at fast forwarding back then, nor did we have the internet to look these oh. things up. Um, they could also do a bunch of tracks. A lot of bands would go about and they'd have their, you know, here's our 12 songs on a C. Why is there 99 tracks on here? And right? oh there'd my be God, I hated that. 99 tracks of varying lengths of silence. And then one of them would have, you know, usually like track 69 or something would have some song mixed on there. Um, the, 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 what you just talked about was one of the biggest pet peeves of the digital age of when you're importing a 
CD into iTunes or, you know, whatever. All of a sudden it's just like, boom, silence. You have to sit there and go, delete, delete, delete. Why'd you guys do this? This is just as annoying. <laughs> you can't recognize this? Because that was always one of the weird things on the Discman. You put that in there and all of a sudden, you know, it'd pull up how many tracks are on there. And it'd say like 99. You're like, what? You get to track 10 and then track 11 is nothing. Then nothing, nothing. You're like, oh my god! So skip, 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 skip. <laughs> and then uh, one of the other hidden ones that uh, was still near and dear to my heart that I didn't know existed for a while. Less than Jake's losing streak had a hidden track on it, but it wasn't the end. They had the right number of CDs, and there was not that long to get to the hidden track on losing streak. You had to put the CD in and push the reverse button and get track one to go back to like negative four or five minutes. And then they had a uh, a track recorded with the old dude Howard J. Reynolds give you a whole intro to the CD that you couldn't hear unless you put it in and rewound to negative numbers in the first track. I thought that was that's kind for, of a genius. That's like a that's like a cheat code almost. That's mm-hmm. pretty cool. And then when they started out with the enhanced CDs, when they started having all the copyright restrictions, CDs started coming up with the enhanced versions where you literally had to put it in a computer and download a copyright codec to play it on a computer, which was a big. Um, the whole other tangent I can go off on that but a lot of those things had hidden tracks where you'd have to you know find the the hidden point on the enhanced CD to click it or jump through a couple hoops before you could play that other track that wasn't just part of the normal track list mm-hmm. and I mean th- there's some gems of great songs that are out there but there's also some bad ones but I always got upset now again with the internet we can always find it out but a lot of the old hidden tracks they just simply be cur- became referred to as the hidden track because no one knew what the name was you couldn't look up the lyrics because they weren't in the lyric jacket. There wasn't an internet site you'd go set up there. It was just like, well, I guess it's just called the hidden track. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, that was always the most annoying part, too. I mean, quite a few bands did that. Um, well, even a couple of them, well, I don't Didn't a couple of them have like hidden track one and hidden track two? Mm-hmm. Like they would do a couple of them and you're just like, I think this is the name of the song because you say, you know, you would use the art of deduction <laughs> by deducing the name of the song because you're like, all right, most of the time the song's named after something in the chorus, unless it's a Fallout Boy song or a Panic the Disco song. So I think this is called this. <laughs> Maybe. And I, I wish I could have been there for some of the conversations of how some of these tracks go. We'll get through a list because there's a bunch of about that we can talk to in a minute. But how these hidden tracks came to be. There's a lot of them where the bands are trying to give an up yours to their record label who said they didn't want to put a track on there. So the band find, talks to the sound engineer and sneaks something in that the label didn't want to have on the record or vice versa. The label really wants something on the record. That the band says no to. So they talk to the sound engineer like, no, no, just just put it as a hidden track at the end. Trust me, it's going to be golden. And then there's other ones that, uh, you know, but added on later where they did a release of the ver- album and they realized they wanted to add another song to it. So they had to repress it with more tracks, but they didn't want to pay the money to redo all the packaging and marketing they already done for it. So yeah, whatever, just we'll put a sticker on the front if we need to and not tell anybody about it. And then there's the ones that I feel like bands that just wanted to give a bunch of stuff to their fans. Yeah. There's there one album I remember come from a band called the scholars they uh, later had to change their name to Telegraph because they got in a lawsuit with, uh, I think, Isaac Green and the Scholars. But I digress. They had their CD that was like 12 or 14 tracks. And then there was another, you know, 30 or 40 tracks after that. There was a few of them with silence mixed in. There was a few of them of random voicemails they'd recorded between themselves and one of their friends or fans. That Some of them were kind of funny. Some of them were 
weird and awkward. There's a couple demo songs they mixed in. And then there was a couple really good songs that weren't part of the album. But you go, oh, yeah, track 37, go two minutes in. And yeah, that song's that's a, that's a banger. Like <laughs> a banger. <laughs> well, and that, you also kind of hinted or touched on a different thing, too, is like the mid to the early to mid 2000s was very big about the hidden t- tracks. They are also, for whatever reason, very big about incorporating voicemails in, like actual voicemails. You know, <laughs> you listen to some of them and then they're like they bleep out certain names and everything like that. I'm like, this, that, why is this on here? And then some of them would do that whole reverse the audio thing. So you'd listen to it and it's all jumbled up. You're like, what does that say? And then, you know, in the early 2000s, if you didn't have high quality sound equipment or whatever, you couldn't reverse the track now you can use a snapchat ad, app if you want to but mm. so they would have like hidden messages that way you know and i don't know if the hidden tracks and these reversing of the messages and everything like that go back to you remember what in the 70s when they're like if you play the record backwards it's a message from the devil mm-hmm. type of thing because i'm pretty sure there's even a record back there when you played the record in reverse it was actually a different song too yep, yep. um i don't remember who it was but i remember hearing about it so maybe like that was their inspiration too. I don't know, but it was always weird to me. Like when all of a sudden you're listening to a song and at the end of it or in the middle of it, they, a voicemail pops up real quick. You're like, what the heck? Or a, just a random message that if you, you know, decipher it, it's a stupid thing. Like, Hey guys, thanks for listening. Or I can't believe you unscrambled this. It's something like that. <laughs> it's just like, a, why did I waste my time doing this? Type of thing? Four years trying to decode this message and say, Ovaltine's the best. Uh-huh. <laughs> it, it, it helped too because like working in radio we had access to you know stuff where we could record that song and reverse it and go okay this is what they're saying i'm glad i didn't waste money trying to figure that out you know type of thing but i, I don't know i i missed the yesteryear as you called it <laughs> it was like you could discover something like it yeah. was it was just something added it gave some some replay value go through there and because a lot of hendrix if you weren't paying attention for it Back in the days of albums, I don't know about you, but a lot of the time by I got to the last songs of the albums, it felt like there was a lot of filler because it's tough to put up an entire album of really good songs, especially with 90s alternative rock. There was a notoriously large number of bands that had entire albums with you know one to three listenable songs. The rest of them were kind of garbage. So you get to the end, you're not going to sit on the, ooh, what's next? What's next? You just get there. And then if you forget about it and go in the other room or you're clean, you walk back in like, oh, CD stuff. And then something happens and then suddenly it's a whole new world. <laughs> I think that I think that's how I discovered the the offspring one is I wasn't paying attention. You know, I'm just sitting there listening and I was, was on a road trip or something, maybe. I don't know. Or it could have been like I was doing homework and had it on and then it ends and all of a sudden you hear silence, 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 and then drums start and you're like, What the heck? <laughs> what is this? And it's kind of fun because like it was it was one of those little like hidden things. And um, on one of their albums, like that song was actually on the next album. It was just kind of like, I don't know, a teaser to a song that was mm-hmm. on the next album. So I was like, that's kind of cool. But I don't know. It's it's something kids these days won't won't get to experience. Yeah, because they, they even... sell things with bonus. I feel like the, the closest thing thing they have now is that all these bands that sign deals with places to have their exclusive version of the album. It was the CDs, now it's digital tracks of, you know, you if you buy it from Target, you get these two extra digital tracks. If you buy it from Best Buy, you get this free digital track. Mm-hmm. If you buy the vinyl, you get a download for this specific track. And it's like they try to make these bonus add-ons, but it's, it's not the same when it's just you have to buy it at the right place. I feel like, and and let's be honest, 
that works for maybe the first week that it's out, but then it's everywhere on the internet or you buy it on iTunes or Amazon or find it on Spotify or something like that. So it's worthless to have the exclusive at that point. But Well, even iTunes for a while, I don't know if they still do it, but for a while there, if you wanted a song, and it was like one of the popular songs, it would be like album only. So you'd have to buy the whole album just to get that track. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it was one of those exclusive ones where you're like, oh, I want this cool remix. And it's like album only. You're like, okay. I mean, and I guess, I mean, how many times... In the aught two thousands, did we waste money on a whole CD because we just wanted that one, you know, we wanted that one song and we didn't want to put a virus on our computer with Napster or um, what was the other one? Uh, LimeWire. Yeah. Kazaa. <laughs> Kazaa, yeah. Yeah. You know, so, <laughs> you know, I'm not saying that's something, you know, that's not something we did. But I mean, also, you look at those and how many times did you like, oh, this is the track. You download it and it's like, something totally different you're like this isn't what i downloaded i hated people that like it i was a freshman in college when napster and limeware has their heyday so i had a lot of access to it but nothing <laughs> ticked me off more than this was back when not even everybody even had the technology that they could just literally rip their own cds into a computer right like this was imagine that like being putting a CD in a computer and not being able to just record or open a file unless you have a specific player. So not everybody could do it, but there's all these Napster services, which is great because you can find all these tracks you couldn't buy anywhere, but at least one out of every three songs I ever downloaded was something that somebody took the time to screw with me with. They take a song and then record like the first 20 seconds of the song and then just put it on repeat for three and a half minutes for the length of the song and then put it out there and you'd see, you know, half a million people downloaded it and somebody's just sitting back in their chair. <laughs> Bunch of idiots are listening to the song, the wrong song. Like what? Wh- who takes the time to do that? <laughs> you're still def- violating copyright law, but then you're just making it horrible for everybody else. I definitely fell for that too. I mean, and then that was an d- advantage too, is like, that's how you could find out about some of the hidden songs too. But again, that's where the disadvantage of coming where they were just called hidden tracks. Mm-hmm. So you didn't know you're sitting here looking at this. You're like, well, this one obviously isn't real. It says hidden track with like three seconds. So we know that's not the song. Uh, is this the one? And then you download it and it's like, nope. Because I mean, some of those you couldn't even preview. You had to download them mm-hmm. to get them. Mm-hmm. That's how we get viruses. <laughs> yeah. So it goes with the what are all these pop-ups? Because <laughs> <laughs> I found there's, the, there's a Wikipedia list that say they have all the hidden tracks on CDs, and they've got a list of like 150 songs, but I feel like reading through that's going to be kind of boring. So well, I also feel like there's more than that, right? Oh, I'm sure. Because if they're really hidden, not everybody knows about them. <laughs> uh, this is from You Discover Music, and this is what they call the forgotten relic of the CD era. And they have a list of what they think are some of the most notable songs nirvana endless nameless on the nevermind album apparently this is one where the engineer actually just left the song off during the mastering process which ticked off kurt cobain they made him repress it with the version on it but they couldn't change the uh, the listing on the cd huh uh nine inch nails did it with broken that was back when they had they got you got the broken cd and then you got a three inch mini disc cd that had three songs of trent reznor doing some uh uh, yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah, experimental <laughs> stuff. We'll say that. And then they, once the CD, mini CDs were too expensive, they just moved it to be hidden tracks when they pressed it further after that. Dr. Dre had one on the chronic bleeps ain't bleep fill in the blanks. It, w- it will gotcha. <laughs> Green Day, Dookie, all by myself. Dude, Green Day, oh man, 
that's a whole nother podcast right there but yeah <laughs> i feel like that was one too where you hear that song and that that song wouldn't have belonged anywhere else on the album but it came in as a hidden track and it was magic mm-hmm. <laughs> uh cracker had euro trash girl in their air kerosene hat album janet jackson the velvet rope hidden track of can't be stopped they might be giants token back to brooklyn on the factory showroom Blind Melon before one on their 1995 album Soup. Crowded House, I'm Still Here from their 91 Woodface album. Lauren Hill had a uh, Can't Take My Eyes Off of You on the miseducation of Lauren Hill. I still can't believe she was around before that. Like, I remember when the Fuji's days in Lauren Hill, like, that went all right. the way back into the early or late 90s, which I didn't quite put that together till recently. <laughs> <laughs> Um, some of the ones that made their list, Guns N' Roses from the Spaghetti Incident, Deftones and Around the Fur, Q-Tip, Alanis Morissette, Travis, Lemonheads, you know, and that, they, you can just find lists and lists. Like I said, you go to the Wikipedia list, they've got it organized by alphabetical order. But if you look at the dates on them, the vast majority are sometime between 1995 and 2005. So it had a, it had a 10-year heyday. Mm-hmm. Right. Pretty close to it, yeah, because people, they, I mean, let's be honest, they still make CDs, so mm. I'm sure there's probably still some hidden tracks that people are putting out there just because they have the same nostalgic thought we do, or some bands like, oh, you know, we got to put this hidden track on the CD, slip the engineer a 50 and make it happen. Like, <laughs> Well, that's too, like, I guess, you know, they, they, they could still do that. You look at iTunes, you see it, the song is 14 minutes long, and you're like, huh. That's okay. I mean, I just listened to it and it was only like three minutes long. What's this one? And then, you know, they'll kind of have it hit it on there. And that's always one of the things too is, you know, we've talked about this before. You and I have that music. As soon as we hear the the first couple notes, we it's in our head and we're good. We can skip. Yes. Sitting, so, sitting through silence is hard for us. <laughs> exactly. So, so sitting there and I'm just, I'm getting flashbacks now because I'm thinking of it like, <laughs> You have that crappy discman, right? That says supposedly anti-skip, so it doesn't. You know, I'm fairly certain it said that because it said you shouldn't skip while carrying this, <laughs> right? That's what the anti-skip was: is no skipping allowed. So anyway, you you have this you have this discman, right? You're on the bus going to school, you're on a road trip, whatever. You get to that last track, and you know because you've heard it once before that there's that hidden track, and you enjoy that song, but you have to fast forward through five minutes of silence, which, like you said, technology back then wasn't great. So when you're fast-forwarding, and you can kind of guess, some CDs had the time code, some CDs didn't. Yeah, but some even though it was digital, it was like 2, 5, 9, 36, 37, 42, yeah. 52, like, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> and then all of, a sudden, all of a sudden, you just hear the audio go, boom, 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 boom. you're like, oh, stop. And you've already missed like a minute of it, so then you have to rewind it. And then you go back and you're like, I guess I'll listen to two minutes of silence. That's better than six minutes, I guess. Maybe I'll go to the bathroom and read the shampoo bottle for a while. (laughs) So, I mean, and and it's funny when you fast forward, I can just hear that it was like a nightmare when you're fast forwarding through a song because it's just like. Well, there's something that's scared, too. I don't don't know how how true it is, but I remember at the time thinking in middle school that some of the bands actually got around because, as we've talked about in the past, that was also the time when they were uh, throwing around the explicit label content or explicit label 
sticker and having problems of having to put warning labels on CDs with explicit language. And I know a lot of punk bands, especially, got away with doing some really obscene things because they put them as hidden tracks. They could put the album out, have the track listing, have all the lyrics in there, but then have 10 minutes of silence in another track and they could, you know, do whatever they wanted on there and it wouldn't get a label because it didn't get caught by the people that were putting it through. But I don't know how true that was. That was just what 15 year old me wanted to believe at the time. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it had to have happened at least once. Well, it was, it was Bowling for Soup. I'm not saying they, they did this, but their hidden track off of... Uh drunk enough to dance, I guess it hidden is, you know, the song's going, going all of a sudden it's silence. And then it's just, it, I swear it's just a recording of them in the, you know, in the studio, just messing around talking. And they just start singing and you could tell they're probably drunk and they just start singing and it's not great, but it's fun. <laughs> it's not something that you're going to seek out, but when it pops up, but again, I have to sit through the silence to get to it. Because there's times where I'm sitting here driving, and you know, when you're driving, and you're like, how did I get here type of thing when you get focused? Mm-hmm. Sometimes that track comes up and I'm not paying attention. And all of a sudden it comes on. I'm like, oh, because you don't have to sit through that much silence to get to that one. But still, it's like, you there's that's somehow hidden tracks is they just had fun doing it. You could tell that they were like, yeah, just keep it rolling. We're going to just screw around and come up with some stuff. <laughs> and then like nine minutes later, you're like, what did I just listen to? And and that was when time was money in the recording studio. They didn't have endless time. Like if you were in the recording studio for an hour, you used an hour of tape and you paid for every second of that tape you used because it wasn't, mm-hmm. oh, just fresh, just delete it and require it. I think it was, that was, that was, it was a finite amount of resources you had to record with. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. The, the, the good old days? Question mark? There's a big question mark on there. Because it was, it, there's part of it that was infuriating when you wanted to hear something. But part of it that just made you love it that much more. So it's, it, it's, it's a love hate relationship with them. And then you go back to both sides. You find a song that you love, and you have to go through that many hoops just to listen to it again. Or you go through that many hoops and get to something like that was it. I wasted ten minutes of my life to get to listen to that. And then you, of course, had to make sure your friends listened to it, too. So they wasted their life, too. <laughs> well, I was, was going to say, that's, that's the other thing is if you had the CD before your friends or vice versa, you know, you talk about that hidden track. You're like, oh, did you hear this? There's a hidden track on there. You're like, no, it's not. And sometimes, again, it's like that Tomb Raider code where they'd sit there and like talk it up, talk it up. And then you listen to it, you're like, because it, it's, you know, basically sometimes, like you said, sometimes it's the artist just trolling the listener. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah, the thing where you're like, oh. I can't remember when they did it, but I know there was numerous CDs that literally had 10 to 20 minutes of silence, and then it was like, band was like, dude, are you still listening? Hey, get a life. What are you doing here? The CD's over, man. Like, right. That, and that was, oh, we're so clever. <laughs> there was one of them. I don't remember what it was, but it had like 10 minutes of silence, and that was it. Mm-hmm. There was no there was no hidden track. That was the, the thing. Like, the song ended, and it kept going, so you're like, ah, and you fast forward, and then nothing. Or maybe it's just one note. Like it, it was, it's, it's there's one of those two that had like elevator music. I think it was like 22 and a half minutes of just really late elevator music in the background. And then it just faded out and stopped. You're like, come on. (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing? (sighs) Well, and the problem was too, is if you like those hidden tracks and you're like, oh, you go to see them live majority, they're not going to play them. 
you know, every once in a while they might throw it, they might throw a song out there, or they might even throw a new song. You're like, oh, I've never heard that. And they're like, yeah, it's off of this album. You're like, no, it isn't. And it's one of those like exclusive things that they did. But the hidden track was a uh, was a gym of the of the two thousands, mid nineties is early two thousands. That uh, is no longer. Yeah, I think if they, there could have been a lot more cool things done with hidden tracks, if people were given a little more artistic freedom. Mm-hmm. But if they'd been given more artistic freedom from the labels, then they wouldn't have put the hidden tracks to begin with. So it's almost like a catch twenty two, right? <laughs> and like you said, they, I'm sure that and actually, I'm probably pretty sure that there's still albums out there that do hidden tracks because you know they still press CDs and everything like that, and they still make vinyls. So I feel like I'm going to be in the hunt for that now. Maybe, maybe that's what we need to ask people is to. Find us a an album recorded in the last five years that has a hidden track on it. Not an exclusive track, but a hidden track. Just yeah. to put it in our list so we can find out what, what else is out there. Because I'm also too lazy yeah, to Google all that. <laughs> okay, I was going to say, we could easily Google it, but uh, I'm sure that... I'm We're sure, making an When's the last time you bought a CD? Well, technically, I bought one a year or two ago. But I didn't go to the store and physically buy it because it was a Kickstarter for I Fight Dragons. So I pre-ordered it and then I got the digital version and then they sent me a copy of the album once it finally got pressed. But I still bought it. Okay, when did you... When's the last time you actually went to a store and got a CD? You know, that is a... I did get one last year. Okay. Because my daughter really wanted the Trolls World Tour soundtrack. (laughs) <laughs> and if I bought it on iTunes or Amazon, it was going to be fourteen ninety nine. But if I drove my butt to Target and bought the Target version, it was only ten ninety nine and included additional download of the album. <laughs> and it did not have a hidden track, correct? No, no. Just had like what a Target exclusive thing. I'm I'm fairly certain that the exclusive on it was probably like a download pack or something that was. You know, trolls with target logos on them or something there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but that was one of the interesting times i drove and bought it out because the buying the physical album was actually cheaper this even happens on amazon occasionally I've, I've bought in the past i'll go to buy an album oh i like this i'll get the whole thing and i go like oh digital albums 12.99 or you'll ship me the album for 7.99 and i That's get the dig- digital side for free hey okay yeah bring it on <laughs> Oh, well, that was a huge push too. We'll wrap it up with this, but that was a huge push too to get the, uh, not to go off on a tangent, but we're going to end on a tangent is to get people to buy CDs was they'd be like, buy the CD and you get the digital version, you know, as well. Kind of like what they started doing with the DVDs. So worked for me because I was a, a digital hoarder. So it worked out yeah. just fine. I mean, we, we still are. So anyway, <laughs> has there been an album recently that's had a hidden track that you've seen? That's, that's our question to you. And, and even better, maybe a hidden track that you like. Yeah. Because <laughs> do, do some research for us. We're spreading the leg workout. Let us know, at Geek Geekish. Hidden tracks, a thing of the past, but there's got to be some out there still. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, thanks so much for listening to Geek Geekish Podcast, and we will talk at you next week.